This is the Triple Threat Podcast, and we are back after a couple months hiatus. We are talking about the NBA trade deadline and getting into some college basketball as March approaches. The music on this podcast is done by Zen. You can follow him on SoundCloud by searching for Zen, that's X-E-N. I'll have a link to his page in the description below. Enjoy the show. All right, so we are back with the Triple Threat Podcast. Um, This week we're going to discuss a little bit of the NBA and some uh, NCAA basketball going on right now. Um, So, you guys, the NBA trade deadline was this past weekend, or or past week, like last Friday or Thursday or whenever it was. Thursday Um, at 3. Thursday at 3 is when the deadline was. But there's been some some action over the weekend as well. Um, do you, what are your your thoughts, um, Eric, on what's happened so far with the deadline? Um, I was really disappointed, pretty much, because I was just waiting for a major trade to happen at the last second. There's a lot of talks for like Paul George and Jimmy Butler, but I think Larry Bird and whoever makes the decision for the Bulls was a was a little too selfish, but rightfully so. I mean, they, they're they going to make sure they benefit from losing a superstar if they trade, but they I think they were asking for way too much, ultimately, from everyone. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the Celtics probably could have been a little more aggressive as well. I personally would have given up the giving up the 2017 pick along with some pieces for probably Paul George over Jimmy Butler, um, just because Paul George is more of a three-point shooter and he'd fit a little bit better there. But if you look at the draft class coming in this year, it's a lot of guards, a lot of people that want the ball in their hands, and the Celtics already have that. So Isaiah Thomas is already a... um, a ball dominant guard and I mean he gets buckets but I probably would have given given rid of getting gotten rid of the pick for someone like Paul George even Jimmy Butler what are your thoughts Tristan yeah I mean I wouldn't be opposed to getting Paul George like that but I also just think Celtics are good with being patient because I don't know if bringing Paul George in would be like a championship team or title team. Yeah, it'd be tough for them to still beat the Cavs, and then after that, the Spurs or the Warriors or whoever makes it. Yeah, but but without without Paul George or Jimmy Butler, you could make an argument that they don't really have a chance. Um, and what what are you getting with 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 a rookie next year and like having to develop? I mean. Lonzo Ball's super special, and so is Fultz from Washington. And, I mean, Jason Tatum could end up climbing up the the ladder here in the last couple months before the draft. But, I mean, they're all guards. I guess Lonzo Ball would probably be one of the better ones because he's so big. What, What I was thinking, first thing, Brooklyn or Brad Stevens was quoted saying that the Brooklyn pick is up in the air, like, if people make the right offer, like, they're willing to get rid of it, um, so, I'm guessing they were asking for two, three picks, and then, on top of that, asking for, like, three players for, like, Paul George, and it's just, like, come on, like, now, like, (laughs) 
then they have to go into free agency and pick up other people just for more backups and right i guess i guess we'll find out more when the when it gets leaked what what the offers were um but one one big one big uh trade that went through uh before the the break was uh boogie cousins to the pelicans um and then vladi divak came out and said that they had a better deal a couple days earlier which uh was actually reported that the deal was from the pelicans it was better two days before that Mm. um they would have gotten an extra pick had (laughs) had they taken the deal earlier but um he didn't and so yeah he kind of just screwed himself (laughs) um but what are you guys' thoughts thoughts on boogie boogie in new orleans i think it's a it's a great move if they can just (laughs) figure out every other position but those two yeah it's it's been a struggle they got rid of some of their key components to their like yeah, they, that court. I, I yeah, I it's been it's been rough for them the last couple games. I mean, they've played they played three games since getting um, Boogie, and they've lost all three. They played the Rockets, but the Rockets are good, and they lost by thirty. Um, they played the Mavericks with uh, Yogi Ferrell. He's a Hoosier, uh, and they lost to them by thirteen, and then they lost by eight to the Thunder yesterday. So. I mean, two of those were road games, but and and they 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 put up pretty big numbers. Um, let's see, in the first game, I think the second game they only dropped eighty something. That was the worst. Yeah, I mean, Boogie, and so in the first game together, Boogie had twenty seven and Davis had twenty nine. Boogie was eleven for nineteen from the field, super efficient like he always is, um, and he had fourteen rebounds. Davis had nine. Uh, the next game was against the Mavericks. And this was this was the worst team game. Um, Boogie got in early foul trouble in that game, but he ended up playing 32 minutes, but only had 12 points. Davis had 39, but he also shot the ball 34 times. Boogie only took nine shots in that game. And, and Boogie also had a technical foul. So that, that also that, tells us that, I mean, that he's obviously not game. any different. Yeah, that, oh. was last, that was last night. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, in 32 seconds into the game, he gets his 18th tech. On the year. Did you guys look at um, that? Watch it though. I didn't actually. It was watch kind it. of a. It was a double technical against Stephen Adams and him. Like, and it was. They just someone like committed a foul when he was like when Boogie was backing down. I think Adams committed the foul or maybe they called on Boogie. Then like they kind of just like scuffled their arms at each other, walking by, and um, like they didn't even. They just kept walking by after that. So it was well, it, kind of I like mean, a weak one, but if you have, he that may many not get suspended. He may not get suspended because it ends up um, the league will look at it and see uh, they might rescind it. But Boogie Boogie had thirty one points in twenty one minutes last night. Um, that's kind of insane. <laughs> he was fifteen for fifteen shooting free throws. Um, yeah, and Anthony Davis had thirty eight points on twenty eight shot attempts. Um, he's just not, he's not as efficient as he has been in the past, uh, couple of years in the, in these last few games, at least. And, uh, he, let's see. Oh, he had, he scored 24 points in the first quarter last night. He was like eight of 10 shooting in the first quarter and then kind of went 
pretty bad from there. He was just 7 of 18 the rest of the way. So, um, you know, one team that didn't didn't uh, do anything in the trade market, mostly because they, didn't, they don't have any assets, is the Cavaliers. Um, they didn't they didn't make any moves in in the trading or at the trade deadline, but they did do some stuff afterwards. Um, they've picked up Darren Williams as that backup point guard that LeBron's been wanting, and it looks like they're going to be getting Andrew Bogut once his um, contract is bought out by the by the 76ers. Uh, do you guys think that makes them... Uh, I mean, it obviously makes them more competitive with the Warriors, but how do you feel about their chances against the Warriors? I mean, the Warriors just look insane this year, and I thought last year they were insane. I think it... I mean, it obviously helps just due to they have more depth in positions, which that's what they're struggling with. And... But they, I ultimately don't think that it will, like, change if the Warriors were going to win right now. They're, like, those those moves, like, the Cavs, if they were, were going to be able to beat the Warriors, they were already going to be able to beat them, I think. Like, I don't think Darren Williams and Bogut are going to change. The biggest asset about Bogut is he knows the Warriors' plays and stuff, but they don't really have plays at the same time when you watch Steph just dribbling around and chucking up a three. Yeah, but I mean, I guess Bogut without with Bogut in the middle, like he becomes an extra shot blocker that can spell Tristan Thompson and help help some of that stuff. I know the Warriors don't they they shoot a lot of threes, but they also get to the bucket. Um, Durant likes to drive. Curry likes to drive. If you have that a, another person that can disrupt in the middle, I think that'll help. I think the bigger key will be Darren Williams. I don't think he's going to get a ton of minutes. I think he'll probably play about 12 minutes a game, 12 probably to 15 minutes be, a game. I think he's going to be like another Matthew Delva, almost like Delva Dova in a way, even though he's yeah. like better than him, but I think he's going to be about the same minutes. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. And I, I think he's going to be more of a liability on defense, but I think he will help a lot more offensively than Delva Dova did. And I think that's, that's what they're going to need when Kyrie's taking a break. Do you think any moves any moves were made anywhere that could change the um, finals matchup? Do you, or do you think it's still pretty much it's the Cavaliers and Warriors? I'm kind of interested to see what Ibak Ibaka can you think of his name what he does in uh, Toronto because I mean that man's a beast. I so. know their first game that he came back they lost after the trade deadline with him. You know, you know what move I think might make the difference in the West, and this is this is a shocking thing to say because the West is you know the Warriors, but Lou Williams to the Rockets. They got him from the the Lakers at, before the or I think it was. Yeah, just I think they bought a whole bunch of the, scoring. Yeah, the, even the, more the team scoring. Already, I mean, they dropped 140 the other night. Yeah, they they sh- they shoot more threes and make more threes than any other team in the league, and he just he's another one of those players. He shoots at almost forty percent um, since get since he's played two games with the the Rockets since um, coming over, and let's he's scored twenty seven on nine of sixteen shooting against the Pelicans, and then he scored seventeen on four of eleven shooting 
against the Timberwolves. I'm just having that one extra body. They already have um, Eric Gordon coming off of the bench, and he, like he's going to be one of the sixth men of the year. And then they're going to have him coming off the bench as well. So if they just go seven deep, you know, especially at the guard in the guard like wing positions, they're just going to constantly have shooters on the court. There's going to be no break for the defense whatsoever when it comes to guarding the perimeter. Yeah. Um, okay, so do you guys have any anything else uh, that you want to talk about with the NBA and trade deadline and futures to come? I'm sure we'll, if, assuming we continue the, doing these podcasts, um, we will talk more about the NBA as the playoffs come around and as more storylines develop. Yeah, I don't have anything, I don't think. Nope, nope. Nothing. All right. All right. So, um, this week there were quite a few big losses um, in NCAA basketball. Um, we had Gonzaga losing, uh, which was they they were the last remaining undefeated team. They lost to BYU by eight. Um, Villanova lost. Uh, when did they lose? What day did they lose? Uh, Duke lost twice, I think. Like, uh, the, some things got. Oh yeah, they lost the, the Villanova lost to Butler. Um, Butler, I think, swept them this year. Yep. Yep. And I mean, Butler just has their has their number. Um, so like with two of the top teams, I think they were ranked one and two. Uh, do you think there's going to be any shakeups at the top? Um, do you think Gonzaga still has a shot at getting a one seed? Um, nope. with the one loss. I don't give him it. I'll give I it think to the, the committee. Oh, I think the committee could still give him give him it. I think they will give him it, but I would say I wouldn't. I'll give them a strong two seed, but that's it. Like they just—I mean—they don't have the strength of schedule to compare with Villanova, North Carolina, Kansas, Baylor, whoever else you want to add of those other top ten teams. Yeah, I mean, you look at, I think a team that's going to be really dangerous down the stretch here is Louisville. And if they can continue winning and <coughs> a, like win their tournament, maybe get a one seed. I mean, they have six losses, which isn't super far behind the rest, but they have the number one strength of schedule. Um, and five of their losses have come in conference, which the ACC is pretty stacked. Um. Uh, so so who who right now would your your one seeds be? Um, mine would probably be. Uh, UCLA, Villanova still. Kansas, and I'd probably. Uh, I don't. I don't know the other one. Probably Arizona. Yeah, I, I like Arizona. Um, I mean, they just lost to Louisville or UCLA, but UCLA is solid. Um, I, I think I think you're you're right there with the that the first three that you gave. I think Villanova, Kansas, um, UCLA, especially if UCLA keeps winning and they don't have any more uh, hiccups along the way. 
because they lost. They had uh, back-to-back losses there. Um, the one to Arizona wasn't bad, but the loss to USC wasn't good, even though it was at USC. But they play Washington, who that's a rollover game, and Washington State, who is also not particularly good. So if they if they win out, win the last two games, and even you know win a couple games in the Pac-12 tournament, they I think they have a pretty good shot at being a number one seed. The main thing they're talking about with them though is out of conference schedule. Yeah. So that's like why right now they don't really have them rated as high, but. Obviously, they've been doing really well. They beat the Pac-12's best teams. Yeah, they they did beat um, Kentucky and they beat Michigan. I mean, those are probably and they beat Ohio State. Ohio State's not good, but um, Michigan has. I guess maybe. I guess maybe I meant like on the road too. Oh, okay. I I don't know if you guys have looked, but as of today, Lenardi has Kansas, Nova, Gonzaga, North Carolina as his one. I haven't. I have. Oh, I, I just pulled that up. Yeah, Kansas, Villanova. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, honestly, with the with the Pac-12, I would I would almost have like if you okay if you have ten teams gonna be in it from the ACC or now it's only nine, so you have nine teams like you almost have to give their best team the one seed. The yeah. one seed. I think like if if you're because they're pretty much probably claiming they're the best conference. Right. Overall, depth-wise. Yeah. So. North Carolina, Kansas, and I think Gonzaga, if they went out and win their conference, I think they'll still get a one seed. And really, I think, like, with the Pac-12, it's just a matter of who wins. Who wins. The, yeah. I mean. Or which of those top teams gets furthest, at least, in the tournament. Because, uh, yeah. you know, Washington can make a run. They've got a stud at point guard who's gonna go probably number one overall mm-hmm. one and two. actually i don't i don't know if arizona will actually get a one i don't know i guess they would have to run into both oregon and ucla yeah i oregon. mean it feels like the pac-12 has a pretty good chance at getting the one uh, a one seed in my opinion because the top of the pac-12 is pretty good um and with oregon arizona ucla like if one of them wins it all and has to go through the other two, like they're going to have a lot of quality wins um, right at the end of the stretch there, the end stretch. And I think me personally, I think that would be better than Gonzaga, but I can see giving Gonzaga the, the one seed because they have had an excellent season and they typically, if I recall, schedule pretty decently in the out of conference yeah. Like they, yeah, they had Florida, they and had Iowa State, Arizona. They beat, I mean, yeah, they beat them all. So, and that Arizona one, even though it was a different, completely different Arizona team, it was kind of like one of those tiebreaker situations. But like, if Arizona were to be argued to be a one seed, Gonzaga would maybe get it just because they had beaten them. Right. Um. Do you guys have any? Do you have any like dark horses that you think? are going to come out of nowhere and like be this elite eight final four team that no one's really looking at right now. I don't know if it's that nobody's really looking at them, but my top picks. Well, first one is Florida. 
Yeah, I like Florida a lot. And then I gotta go with Butler too, but that's not really like a huge deal. But Butler's on, trending upward. Yeah. I'm I'm at the realtimerpi.com website, um, where they keep the RPI up to date. You know, every after every single game uh, that's played, and not like at the end of each day or the end of the week. They do it in real time. And Florida is trending up. They are sixth in uh, real time RPI. Uh, and their strength of schedule is eighth overall. So like, Florida, Florida's. I haven't actually looked at their their out of conference. They lost to Gonzaga. Um, and they lost to Duke. Florida State. I mean, they have some losses that aren't great. But I mean, they, that's what happens when you have six losses. You typically have some that aren't very good. But. Some of those are pretty good. Butler's also back in the top 10. They're trending up as well. They have a, the 12th ranked uh, strength of schedule. Um, I just love me some Butler. Maybe that's the Indiana in us, but like they're, they're fun to watch. They're the, I guess they're not really the underdog team anymore. Um, they've are always in contention. It seems like now, but I just like that. They seem to always compete well against the top teams. So, I mean, that's why I think that they could make a run. And yeah. my other team is another Florida team. I choose, I would say Florida State because they have a lot of, like, really solid guard play. They've had a couple of games where they got completely blown out this season. Mm-hmm. I think they were back-to-back too, but I don't know. I think they'll be ready for come tournament time. Yeah, their their losses come seem to – besides their loss to Temple early on, which that's not a good look um, – lost by three at home against Temple. But then they lost to UNC, which that's not a bad loss at UNC. They lost to, they lost at Georgia Tech and then at Syracuse. They lost at Georgia Tech by quite a bit. That's a little alarming. But, um, but I mean, everybody has off nights. And then <coughs> Notre Dame and Pitt, they lost back-to-back as well. We'll, we'll see. They, they play Duke uh, tomorrow and Miami on the 4th, on Saturday. So, we'll see what, what comes of Florida State. What about you, Eric? Do you have any teams that I would you're say, keeping your eye on? I mean, obviously any of the teams that are going to get a 6 seed or higher, I could see doing these these things. Um, but the team that I would say, like, that I'm always interested in watching come March Madness is teams with superstars and if they can get the other four players to play good not even great just good do their own i see michigan state being very scary having miles bridges who could go off for 30 40 any night on any see, i kind of feel i almost feel like they're not even depending on how they end the season they might not even be considered a dark horse like they could uh, yeah that's they what could I, win the next reason i'm saying games. is because they're not going to get a higher than a six seed if they went out they went out and win the tournament yeah if they went out and win the tournament i see them at like four i don't know even though they have 11 losses like part of it because the committee gets (coughs) so they they fall in love with with um like your your brand name like your tom izzo's they love um i mean last year I thought Michigan State was going to win it all, and then, look, they lost to 
Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. Middle what Tennessee awful... State's dark horse. They're coming in at a ten seed. Or they are really good this season. Yeah. Well, they didn't really lose anybody from last year, isn't that like, like they? Uh, I think they lost maybe one player. Um, Might have been their best player too, but. Well, they still have uh, the one kid with the funny name. I can't think of his name. Um, where are you? Can I click on you? Um, but they, they should be. I mean, I, I see them being a, a pretty fun team to watch again. And I, I will look for them to. Oh, Giddy Potts. That's his name. Just found yeah. it. Giddy, Giddy Potts. He, he's averaging 15 points a game. Um, see, I think they shoot the three pretty well too. I think that even though there aren't as many mid-major teams in the tournament, at least I don't think there are projected. At least I think that there are a few that could definitely, without question, upset the teams that they're playing. I mean, you got Wichita State that I think has twenty-five wins at least. UNC Wilmington they have them projected as a twelve seed at least on ESPN. They have a dude on their team, like a big man, big man that I don't remember. He shoots like almost seventy percent. The field, obviously, it's like being a big guy is in the paint and all that. But uh, yeah. Monmouth, oh yeah, Devonte Kaycock or Kukuk, yeah. or, he's shooting almost eighty percent from the field. Yep. Yeah. He. I mean, I haven't ever seen him play, but he looks like he's probably a beast. And then Monmouth. They haven't lost in a long time. Obviously, they're in a worse conference, but that's a team last year that did not make the tournament. Um, I think Iona, Iona won instead, but right now they're sitting at 26-5, and 18-2 in their conference. So if they win their conference tournament, I would definitely say be ready for them because they have, uh, what's his name, Justin Robinson still, Micah Seaborn. I'm pretty sure they have pretty much the same team as last year. Yeah, what, what's interesting about mid-majors, I think there's a lot of, like, the mid-pack level big conference teams that are too similar to them this year. Like the Michigan State right now. Like, they're a team that doesn't, like, they're they're turning it up now, but they they haven't had a good season. So, like, you anticipate them potentially not even making the tournament. And then... And then... So, but then they have enough now to make it. So, like, they're going to end up probably getting it over a mid-major team. Yeah. Even though, like, usually they're a team that's a for sure lock, but this year they're not. Yeah. So, a lot of, like, the mid mid of the power conferences are about the same as mid-major teams. Yep, and then the mid-majors will get pushed out. Yep, and... Granted, I mean that's the thing though. Also, like I, like the teams like that, Minnesota or um, Michigan, like they, they're middle, but they can beat anyone. Same like the mid majors. They're like I mean, Indiana, not be great, but they can come and beat anyone. Indiana is almost a team that could still well, make it. Went, I think. Yeah. I mean, sixteen and thirteen, they they would pretty much have to win the tournament. Um. I mean, if they, they beat, beat see, if they Purdue. if they beat Purdue, and they if they win out, so beat Purdue, beat Ohio State, and then if they can play a couple of the top ranked teams and get to the 
the championship. I think they might have a shot at making it. But as much as it kills me to say, IU just bad this year. Uh, part of it is injuries, OG and Anobi, but like losing to Fort Wayne, losing to, I mean, Butler's not a bad loss, obviously, but losing to Nebraska at home, um, losing they, to, I guess. They just actually, live on their offense, and when their offense isn't clicking, they're in trouble. And when then they lost their number one defender. And right. So that's so their defense dropped heavily, and that's why they're just like. All I just think it's interesting that they could, yeah. still make the tournament as opposed to a mid-major team. I mean, I I think if if I think IU could be one of the best teams in the in the in the country next year if James Blackman goes to the pros, <laughs> um, Thomas Bryant stays, Colin Hartman comes back. Even though he's a senior, uh, he's been out all year, medical redshirt, um, and OG Ananobi stays. And I think OG may stay because he had that knee injury, and he's going to fall to a second-round pick. Like, he's, he's not going to be – he was projected as a lottery pick middle of the year because of his insane athleticism. But I think next year they could be really good. Um, and, they I mean, they were missing Colin Hartman all year. If they had him, he was, the, like, one senior. He's solid – stretch for but um their yeah. OG's just he uh he's still raw he's very raw he's he reminds me of Victor Aladipo and I think Thomas Bryant is still a little raw too like he still runs like he doesn't know how to run yep. um he's the most uncoordinated slash at the same time one of the most athletic and hardworking players he, yeah he's he can be insane um I think he just needs I think if he had one more year, he would be he'll be like a one or like he'll be in the top five drafted. Um, I think he's he's right now middle of the pack of first round projections, but I'm sick of talking about IU. So let's just talk about the Big Ten in general. Um, it seems this year, I watching the watching basketball um, that the Big Ten just seems a little down, and I don't know if that is actually accurate or if if that's just the perception because some of the better the teams that are usually towards the top are a little down like iu ohio state michigan they they're all a little bit and michigan state they're all a little bit worse than what they normally are um so what, what are your guys' thoughts on that like is this a down year for the big 10 or does it just feel like it because there are some new names up at the top i think it's I, a down year I think it's a down year, but it's not nearly as big of a down year as people are saying. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Purdue Purdue should win the outright Big Ten title. Um, let me look at their actual actually look me look at their remaining schedule. You might I think know it's IU Northwestern. Those are actually okay. Those are actually two kind of tough games because Northwestern's pretty good. I, I mean, I really IU like and Northwestern McIntosh. are just as good as Michigan, so. Right, although Michigan, Michigan didn't beat Purdue by Mi- double digits, so well, Michigan would tell you that they're not oh, IU is nowhere near as good as them, um, because Michigan beat IU by thirty and then by twelve. So, <laughs> um, but I mean, I guess that that's always there's matchup issues as well that come with the different games. Um, I think you're probably right, Eric. I think it's it is down this year, um, 
but it's probably not as down as as the, I'm I feel like it is. The reason it's down is because we don't have that team that's fighting for a one seed. That's the only have that team that's seed. fighting for a three seed. Well, I mean, Purdue's arguably up there for a three seed. I mean, they're a four seed if they just win three games in a row yeah. and one of those three seeds loses. Like, they're there. They're the three seed, but, potentially. So, like, yes, they're, I would say there's, there's no chance of getting a two seed unless they would win out. And, I now, mean, um, either way, I don't think that they could argue. I don't think a lot of people are going to argue that a Big Ten team has a big chance of winning the tournament either. That was going to be my next question. Out of out of the top or out of the Big Ten, who ha- do you think has the best shot at actually coming home national champions? The obvious answer seems like Purdue, but I don't know if that's accurate. I I, I don't know. I, <coughs> I almost feel like Michigan State, even though they're kind of still a bubble team. Yeah, I was going to say it's either got to be Purdue, Wisconsin, Wisconsin or Michigan or State. Michigan. Yeah, and I mean Wisconsin solid. They how far did they make it last year? Sweet sixteen. Sweet sixteen, and and they returned everyone, but then they they're playing worse this year than they did. That's another thing. Like, is Wisconsin just really not improve because they did a lot better in the Big Ten? I think last year. I don't think they're the doing same. worse than they're not doing worse than last year. They're just not doing nearly as well as we thought they were going to do last year. I'm pretty sure they had. Like, but they started off with like the four losses or whatever. Yeah, like that last year. This year, I, like I don't know. And then they all like have experience too, so it's like you anticipate mm-hmm. them to be better. That's another reason I don't consider the Big Ten as down this year. I mean, they've lost four of their last five games. If that tells you anything. Yeah, they they definitely need to turn it around. And it would be one thing if those if those games weren't like if Ohio State was in that. I, I mean, I still don't. I don't think that Northwestern and Michigan is a bad loss at all, um, especially at Michigan. And Northwestern has been a really solid team, and they could actually, you know, make the tournament for the first time in in their history. Um, what is their record right now? They'll make it twenty and twenty and nine. Yeah, they should make it. Bryant McIntosh is awesome. Uh, Eric, we saw him play in in high school when they beat our alma mater at state. Yep. Um, he hit a, he and, hit a three to um, hit a three in our best defender's face with like 20 seconds left to tie the game. Yeah. And he's then just got, it to overtime. And he was just a junior then. Uh-huh. And I mean, he's, I think a junior this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's been solid and I've, I like when I get to watch them play. I've enjoyed it. I enjoyed it the other night when they played IU because IU actually won. Yeah, and um, he almost dropped a dime and double clutch half quarter to win. Yeah. Um. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Was there? Well, I was gonna say that I haven't said the team that I think from the Big Ten oh. that could win the whole thing would either be. I don't think Wisconsin can. I'd say Purdue, Minnesota, or Michigan State. If I had to choose, you gotta, you gotta, I just like Minnesota. I don't Patino, know. Patino there. It's just, it's just, I don't know. Watching, when I watch them play, like, yeah, like there's times that, like, they don't, they're kind of like Butler was in the sense that in a lot of games, like, they're usually like, they're never like destroying teams. Well, that's but why. They're like, but they're in the games, usually. 
So yeah, I'm looking at them now. I haven't actually looked at, any, and at on Minnesota a, at all. They're on a seven game win streak right now. After a five game losing streak, I yeah. like that's kind of crazy. So like, they're they're 22 and seven, and they're on a they had a five game losing streak. Most teams that have a five game losing streak are much worse than 22 and seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it looks like I don't know if maybe there was an injury in there, but most of those games were pretty close anyway. Um, I mean, well, I it mean, was Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin, at Ohio State, Maryland. Yeah, it was, so, it was against Penn State, this last one, that they just won. Like, But their their big guy, Reggie Lynch, had 11 blocks. Like, he just, he's, he's a good rim defend protector. I think he might be leading the nation in blocks. He's averaging 3.4. That's insane. And, I mean, Holy they're just a, they're a defensive team. They're not the best offensive, but they're just solid. He's actually like he's, he's third in the league or in the country behind Liam Thomas from Nichols College and Ben Lamers from Georgia Tech. Okay. But I mean 3.4 blocks a game is nuts. Yeah, just having a rim protector like that. Yeah. Holy cow. Um so, did you guys have any anything else that you uh, wanted to bring up this week? Um, nope. I don't think so. All right. So, we are going to try. We're going to do our best to uh, actually start making these every week again. Um, it, we had uh, some struggles the last couple months with uh, with schedules and different things but hopefully hopefully we can do this um and we will be able to start pumping these out weekly um all right uh you can follow our podcast twitter handle at uh at real triple threat pc um the twitter handle will be in the description below and if you guys don't have anything else i think we'll just catch up with everybody next week See you guys later. See ya.